0: Hello, and welcome to Noise Filter. My name is Mark Allendary. Today, we have a great guest that we're going to be interviewing, and that's Kirby Gong, who is a medical artificial intelligence researcher at Johns Hopkins. Before he worked at Epic, the electronic health record software company, his top loves are the video game Smash Brothers, his dog, and podcasts about history. A few years ago, when Kirby couldn't find a narrative podcast about the history of medical topics, He did what most of us would do. He just decided to create one. And here we are. Kirby, it's a pleasure to have you on Noise Filter Show. We have plenty to dive into. Before we get into your amazing podcast, can you tell our audience and me too what exactly is an artificial intelligence researcher?
2: Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. But yeah, so I mean, an artificial intelligence researcher is what I usually call myself. Basically, what that means is I am trying to apply artificial intelligence to medical problems at Johns Hopkins specifically. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what I do. Basically, I'm trying to build a bunch of algorithms that we could use in intensive care units specifically. I'm looking to basically build algorithms that can predict very broadly bad things that before they happen. And the hope is that if I can tell you ahead of time, hey, this bad thing will happen to this patient, hopefully we can prevent that stuff. And then basically I'm, I'm doing that for a whole bunch of different things, Re- readmissions, delirium, brain injury outcomes, lots and lots of stuff. But yeah, that's, that's what I do kind of day to day.
0: And you're doing that with Epic?
2: So I do it with Epic data. I don't do it with Epic. Uh, like I don't work for Epic anymore as a company. I now am employed by Johns Hopkins, but I do use the Epic data. Um, and that's kind of how I got into this was, uh, Originally, while I was at Epic, I realized that there is a lot of data being collected, but not really being used. And I I wanted to fix that, basically.
0: Right. So, for example, if somebody's in the ICU, they may have a couple days of fever. You may notice some elevation in lactic acid and maybe some cardiac enzymes, maybe some abdominal dysfunction, liver functions, creatinine, that sort of stuff, maybe positive blood cultures, something along those lines, you could then make some sort of predictive analysis or, you know, either between mortality or length of stay in the ICU or stuff like that. Is is that essentially what you're looking at?
2: Yep, exactly. Change out, you know, the exact problem because I look at a bunch of different stuff. But I have looked at length of stay, for example, and I have looked at mortality just because they're so important and they're so common and they're very easy to measure, I think also helps. But yes, that's exactly what I do is um, I try to take in lots and lots of lab data and, and demographic data and whatever the heck else we have in the EHR about patients and be able to make predictions on them for what will happen to them, how you can modulate what happens to them, which is, of course, you know, more important than even just knowing what will happen. And the hope is that someday we can kind of use all these algorithms and yeah, you know, prevent a lot of stuff, which I mean, I'm sure you know, right? Like prevention is always easier than, than treatment. Um, and so that would help, I think, a lot of things that
0: And before we jump into your podcast, I just do want to ask real quickly did you do any of that for COVID? And what kind of COVID interesting findings did you find or uh, projects did you work on when we were kind of in the pandemic and everybody's eyes were on the SARS CoV 2 virus?
2: Yeah. So I actually personally have not been working on COVID. Basically, all of my projects that I've been working on pretty much were started before COVID happened, and then, like, I, I collaborate with people. I've kind of helped out with a couple of COVID projects. One of them, for example, we're trying to basically use artificial intelligence to identify different kind of phenotypes or subgroups of, of COVID patients and tie those to certain outcomes. Uh, but I personally have not been, you know, doing the nitty gritty. I basically just helped out with that project. They asked me, you know, like, what, what are good methods for this? How should we pre-process this data, yada, yada. And I gave them some advice, but I didn't really do all that much. I kind of had my own work cut out for me, which does still apply to COVID patients, I suppose, because, you know, ICUs are, are of course, a hot topic right now. Sure, um, sure. So some of this is still applicable, but if we're being honest, also, my research is, is still a while away. I don't think we're going to it's going to be at least a couple more years before, I, if I'm lucky, I can get something really into
0: clinical practice. Sure, sure. I guess, and and one, I promise you, super-duper last question about your work, because it's super-duper interesting. <laughs> we'll talk about the podcast, I promise. But you mentioned phenotypes, and you actually got me to, to, to recognize, I forgot, that in the study of sepsis, they're starting to realize, and, and I'm wondering if you're doing some of that work, which is, of course, multi-system organ failure, that there are different people who express sepsis differently, and therefore, treatments are different for those different individuals. And uh, my same colleague that I was telling you about, air, who's an intensivist, has been kind of keeping me up to date on that. So I was just wondering if any of your work centers around that, because there's there seems to be some synergy in terms of being able to understand what kind of phenotype somebody has when they do enter sepsis. It, it would be very helpful to know what that is so that they can gear very specific treatment for that.
2: Yeah, I personally am not working on any sort of sepsis projects. I am, again, Kind of helping out. I'm advising on a project on the stuff. Likewise, that one's also actually trying to do exactly that: find subphenotypes of sepsis and hopefully tie those to you know certain treatment courses and, and whatnot. I was actually one of the professors. I kind of learned a lot of what I know about. Published a fairly landmark paper on a predictive model for sepsis. But yeah, I personally have not done all that much on Got sepsis it. specifically. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, I would definitely love to have you back just to talk about the cool work that you're doing. Uh, but yeah,
2: I'm something. happy to. I can talk about the stuff all day. Um, I literally right. left, I left a cushy tech job to, to go look into it. So clearly I'm <laughs> I'm I'm not short on interest here either.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, let's focus on your podcast, which is called the history of medicine. This is available on Spotify, Apple podcasts, and all the main sites. Please go and check it out. You're currently on season five, but I want to start by jumping back to season three, which is focused on public health. I myself, am a public health practitioner and the noise filter podcast is focused on public health stories and awareness, but I want to start with definition for anyone who might be listening, who doesn't feel completely comfortable with what it is. Can you talk a bit about season three particularly and why and how you fell into uh, talking particularly about public health? For sure.
2: So basically what happened is the way the podcast works is I basically pick a topic per season and I go all the way back to antiquity and walk through kind of to the modern era about that topic. I pick them fairly arbitrarily. It's kind of just whatever me and my editor think is interesting. And we try to pick something that's at least kind of relevant to what's going on. And I started the season three, I actually, I think I actually started it a little before COVID because something else had prompted my interest in it. And then it happened that COVID started up and it became more and more relevant than, you know, I had ever envisioned it would be. I guess that's, that's how I got got into it. There wasn't really an intention there (laughs) from what I remember, but it was definitely a lot of fun.
0: That season starts with antiquity as you mentioned so can you rewind and tell us a little bit about the origins of public health particularly in Rome where you start because your description of the aquifers and and the pipes and and water management and all that was super interesting and I would love to have that shared with our audience
2: yeah I mean I always find it really impressive how much humans kind of figure out early on <laughs> and that's I think one of the things I hope to convey from the podcast is is for, for all of our flaws we are we're pretty smart honestly, where even thousands, thousands of years ago, if you look at the, the ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans, we had no idea what, what germs were or any of kind of modern science, but already even, you know, thousands of years ago, we had figured out that certain diseases were tied to certain climates, to certain kind of times of year, even for, you know, related to climate, they figured out even that certain animals, um, like certain insects, they didn't understand, you know, that mosquitoes, for example, might be directly spreading a germ, but they figured out at least, hey, in the places with mosquitoes, you get this disease. In the places without it, you don't get this disease. Um, but I think that's pretty nuts, honestly, that they figured that out just all the way back then.
1: Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast.
0: Follow us on social media and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show.
1: You can find me, Hope Pickerson, at
0: Pickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at The Dr. Derry. That's D-R-D-E-R-Y.
1: To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noiseforsoshow.com.
0: We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to
1: everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your healthcare providers regularly. And protect yourself
0: and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right.